Good morning, everyone. This is Bud. I want to welcome you to the Constipated Christian. I'm here with a friend of mine uh, named Kimberly. Kimberly, you want to say hi? Hi, my name is Kimberly. And uh, Kimberly is a single mom. Uh, she lives here in Roseville at a, a facility called Homestart. Uh, Homestart, you know, I kind of forget what it is. It's like a single mom's... No, it's, it's, a, it's a, um, a resident community made up of 30 apartments. Five of the apartments are shelter units for homeless people with children. And then the, the rest of the units are permanent housing for people that have graduated from the shelter units. Okay. So that's kind of where you're at now? Yes. Okay. So, uh, and we're very close in proximity to her uh, facility, The Rock, uh, like our food pantry, our... Um, a community store, and so we see her probably twice a week uh, on Thursdays and Saturdays. And uh, she has a uh, two-year-old, not quite two-year-old son named Christopher. Christian. Christian. 20, Christian. Twenty-two months old. Twenty-two months old. Uh, he's here with us. We're getting him in another room here. Hopefully, keep him occupied till we get this thing done. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the purpose of the constipated Christian is to talk about James one twenty-two, how we are. Uh, we don't want to be just hearers of the faith. We want to be doers only. So we've had a lot of people come on and talk about what they do. But uh, I believe it was Nick uh, uh, suggested a few weeks ago, why don't we go to the people that we've actually uh, served and hear from them, not just the volunteers. And so I kind of resisted that thinking like, well, I don't want to expose anybody or make them feel uncomfortable or whatever. But with your permission or other people's uh, permission, I think that's a great idea because it inspires people to, we know what we're trying to do and why we do it, but I think it'd be helpful to have somebody on the other side say, this is what it meant to me and would inspire the people to become volunteers. So having said that, <clears throat> um, she's a little bit apprehensive about uh, speaking and on and on. I told her we're just going to just bowl through this. So I'm going to make mistakes. She's going to make mistakes. She wants me to ask her questions to kind of uh, kind of prompt her and, uh, you know, keep her going. So uh, the first question I'm going to ask you, and if I ask anything that's uh, insensitive, just say you don't want to answer that or whatever. Okay. You know. <clears throat> we know each other well enough to where uh, she can put her hand up and I can put my hand up or whatever. Uh, so, uh, just a brief and not and not a long thing because we're only going to have like uh, you know twenty minutes here or twenty five okay. minutes, but uh, just briefly, you said that you were homeless with yes. your son. Well, we've been housed for two years. So so prior to that, what, prior to that, um, during my pregnancy, and maybe two years before, I had um, existed homeless here in Roseville, um, and it was very hard. You know, and it took a lot of people pulling together because I suffer from mental illness. Um, I have PTSD, panic attack syndrome, anxieties, and, you know, a handful of other things I'd rather not mention. But, you know, um, and it took a, a few of the county workers to get together to aid me and, and kind of, they kind of forced me to take Social Security and, and different things to better my life situation. You know, they said, we know what's best for you, and you just please listen to us. And it took me doing, hand, putting myself over to the will of God mm. to allow these people to come in and manage me. Now, let me ask you just uh, a couple of things there. So you mentioned that uh, you were homeless. Now, were you in a car or not? Or you were just on the street? Or? Under the bridge. Under the bridge, on okay. Vernon, on Vernon Street. <laughs> and then another thing you said that's very poignant is, because uh, I deal with a lot of people that gather in, people on the street, we pass out blessing bags and on and on. And a lot of them will not respond to the people from the county coming and saying, you know, we know what's, not, not that we know what's best for you, but, but we have 
something that we can help you with, would you allow us to help you? Yeah. Most or not most people, I don't know what the percentage is, but it seems like a lot of people refuse the help for some reason. I don't know why they do that. A lot of it is drug use. Drug, okay. I believe it's <clears throat> drug use. Yeah. I know a lot of them in the community. When I was homeless, I don't associate with them anymore, but I do know them and I, I, my take on it is... So they're not thinking clearly. Exactly. And when somebody says, listen, I can help you, just let me help you. And I've also heard from them, uh, from some of the homeless people that, hey, you know, um, I go in and out. Sometimes I'll go for weeks or months on drugs and I'm just totally, you know, uh, gone because I'll, I'll miss them. I'll say, gosh, where were you? Hey, you know, I just uh, dropped out, you know, whatever. And then when I am... Um, off the drugs or clear or whatever, uh, either in my drug-induced state or non-drug-induced uh, state, I don't like to be uh, inside or controlled or yeah. whatever. So they seem to have that uh, yeah. kind of a paranoia about... Uh, and it's a mental illness that they're dealing with. Yeah. And it'll take them a while before they can come around and get help. Right. Well, it's funny you say, uh, you know, panic attacks and... Um, uh, I'm a Vietnam vet, so I have uh, panic attacks, PS PTSD, I have uh, nightmares, I have all kinds of, uh, uh, you know, fight or flight syndromes, I've yes. gone to therapy and on and on. So it's funny how you might not have been in battle, but we share the same, yeah. uh, you know. Mine is all trauma-induced as well. Yeah, well, there you go. So um, so uh, that's kind of where, uh, so she was homeless for a while, then she uh, did, did accept uh from the county help, and, yes. and, and then uh, Beth, or I don't know, Beth, but um, I think you probably got into Homestart before it was Volunteers America or not? Um, it was Volunteers America when I got there. Um, I had transferred there from the Hampton Inn Hotel, which was the COVID oh, hotel. Oh, right over it. Uh, yeah, okay. And um, the county workers, Courtney McLean and Courtney Daniels, they're the ones that got me moved into Homestart, which was Now, was Beth there when you, uh, when you got, okay. Yes, Great. I knew Beth from years ago at the Auburn shelter okay. in Auburn. And I only mentioned Beth's name because she's an absolutely beautiful, or at least in my opinion, I don't know how you feel, but she's an absolutely beautiful person. Uh, Volunteers of America took over Homestart, uh, and she just, it's more than a job for her. I mean, it is. She, yeah, so I just love the fact that uh, she's in charge of that particular, because it's kind of a sensitive yeah. you know, location. Uh, Beth uh, Valentine is her last name. Beth, yeah, Elizabeth. Elizabeth Valentine, yeah. Yeah, yeah we call her Beth. Uh, so anyway, I just wanted to... Um, you know, as I say, she comes to the food pantry, uh, comes to the community store. There are other people that have reached out uh, to her to help her, namely Carol. Carol De Janeiro. Okay, De Janeiro. Yes. And she has a, a, a nonprofit which she uh, reaches out to people like Kimberly. And I don't know, were they all single moms or not? Um, they were all single moms. Um, they had a wonderful barbecue. Um, we... we Setting at these tables, and they they gave us gifts. Um, they they provided my son with clothing and toys and diapers, and it was just their their human kindness was just phenomenal. I mean, the way they took us in. Carol even went reached out for me on because my car got destroyed on May fifth. A drunk driver mm, hit me. Right, right. She went to another organization and she got them to collect a sum of four hundred dollars to help me buy a new car. So the, the, the kindness and the, the services that they gave have been phenomenal. You know, it's been of great value to us. And, you know, uh, that's a great point because we talk about, you've heard me talk about Bill Dubrow from uh, uh, St. Clair's and, you know, Beth over at Home Start and Carol DeGenero with her thing. We've had th three or four other people. I love the fact that we're kind of cross-pollinated. Like if I know somebody... <laughs> 
that needs help and I can't help them, that I call somebody else and they, uh, you know, get involved or whatever. And I just love that, you know, the heart of this. We talk about building a community. That's what we're talking about is building a community of people that are willing to serve and to help or whatever. So uh, that's just so special to me uh, to know that Carol, and, and Carol is a special, she's another She's like Beth. I mean, she just has a heart of gold, yep. and she just has a giving heart, and uh, she's just a beautiful person. But and that's the whole idea is that we, you know, behind this podcast is <clears throat> we wanted to encourage people that just go to church, hear the message, get up, and I, and as I've said, leave the words on the page of the Bible, or just get up and go home. We don't want them to do that. We want them to actually take that to heart, loving the neighbor as yourself, be a servant, all those things that we hear in church. And then take it to the streets, take it outside the walls. And so <clears throat> she, she went a step further than that. Go ahead. She even picks me up from my home. And Who's this now? Carol. Carol, okay. Carol DeGenero, she picks me up from my home and takes us to church every Sunday. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They, they've. So she brings it to the light, uh, to the lighthouse. The lighthouse church. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. She's been of such great service and God's service that. to us. I didn't realize that. Well, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, <laughs> it's uh, every Sunday. A beautiful, yeah. It's a small organ, a small church. Church. But it's a wonderful sermon. Yeah. It's scripture-based, and yes. it just brings more value and richness to our lives. Gosh. Just like the Rock Church here, you guys have provided us with the, the community store and the, um, food pantry. the food pantry. And there are some weeks that if it weren't for the food pantry, we wouldn't have healthy, nutritious food on our table. You know, it has been such a great service that they do that for the community that, you know, they, we get food stamps. And sometimes they're just not enough. And every Thursday, that, that fills in the gap. You guys totally fill in the gap for us as far as nutritious food is um, concerned. Yeah. And I've, uh, you know, been, I mean, I, I started the food pantry years ago, but I, I was involved in seeing the, uh, the food that we get or whatever. In some places, they just put out like a, I'm not demeaning anybody's uh, outreach. I'm just saying uh, some, uh, there are different styles of, uh, distributing the food. Some mm -hmm. places like have a bag, two bags if you have, you know, two people or three bags, whatever. Some people have just a box of food. You drive up, get it, and go. The way they present it uh, at our food pantry is they go to the food uh, to the food bank, get the food, and then Joan, uh, Joan Nordberg and her crew, they lay it out on the tables. And it's just, I mean, to me, it's like a, a buffet. You know, I mean, uh, when I go over there, I just think, oh my gosh, this is you know, I have to stop myself from taking stuff because they'll have <laughs> chicken and burgers and steaks and vegetables and uh, potatoes and then uh, box things and uh, fresh vegetables. Yeah, fruit. Yeah, milk, eggs. eggs yeah, lots so, of I mean, breads. Yeah, just it's... a beautiful thing. I, I, I just love that. Um, so, and during, before that happens, the ladies they get together and they have what they call it as a prayer group that they they help. They, they go around the room and they ask us, is there anything you need prayer for today? And for me, that helps a lot because I believe in the power of prayer. You know, it, a lot of things has, have unraveled in my mind because of the power of prayer. And it's just a wonderful setting that they have going there. And, you know, that's a gr another great point. that uh, like I, I kind of get caught up because I'm the outreach director about, about formulating all these things. But I forget a lot of times, uh, or, I, or I don't forget, but I kind of overlook, I think, stating the obvious should be that the food banks, the I mean, the food pantry, the community store, the backpack outreach, another thing we do for, uh, the you know, the community, the toy drive, you know, all that kind of stuff. Every Christmas, and that's yep. wonderful. Yep. 
that kind of stuff, and I've talked about it before, are just vehicles to like what Kim said, to get them to come so that people like, and it's Deb Barlow, uh, Fred and Linda Elliott, uh, Margie, I don't know who else is up there praying with you, but there's probably four or five people who? Those ones. Yeah, so it's probably four or five people that have volunteered to come and not be involved in passing out the food or whatever, but they they are involved in feeding the, the soul. I'll say exactly. that. So, uh, so many of us out there, when I was homeless, a lot of time I was I was spiritually deprived or depraved, you know, hopeless. And a lot of times coming in, that prayer helped. Because I, I used to come in, when I was homeless, I didn't come to the food pantry, but I came to the, to the clothing closet. And they did the pray with you right there. As yep. you walk in and as you walk out, yep. 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 <laughs> she'll ask, is there anything extra you need? Do you need an extra pair of socks? Just, you know, it was just wonderful and heartwarming. Yeah, you know, we always want to uh, fill the obvious needs. You know, if somebody's hungry or, or thirsty or freezing or need clothes, we obviously want to fulfill that need. But to me, as I've always said, these are just vehicles to get to the point to say, gosh, who are you? Where you come from? Let me get to know you. Yeah. What else do you need type thing, you yeah. know? And, and, and people, and I've talked about this before, people say, gosh, don't ask them that because they'll say they need a car, they need this or that or whatever. <laughs> so, and I've told our volunteers, and I've said the same thing, you know, uh, I, I, can't, I can't provide you for the, uh, well, you know, with the car necessarily, but I can help you search out somebody that might be able to, or in Carol's case, she had yeah. somebody else that would uh, help you get uh, going. And so uh, just that community of, uh, you know, when we talk about uh, loving our, our, our neighbors as ourselves, and you've heard me say this a thousand times, that it, 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 if, if I'm loving my neighbor, Kim and Chris, uh, Chris Christian. Christian, as myself, I have to say that, gosh, if my daughter or son is in need or they need something, I wouldn't just pat him on the head and say, listen, uh, I'll pray for you and, yeah. you know, go about your business. So I, I, I need to be involved in their life. I mean, even if, uh, you know, we even talked about uh, once we get up and running, we get more volunteers that if somebody has a, a desire to go to college or needs to have uh, help in filling out applications yeah. or that kind of stuff, you know, we need to start. You know, that's the next thing that, that, that we're talking about doing, just uh, uh, not, not an advocacy, but a uh, a program where we can help people, you know, just getting, uh, and it, now uh, we can cut this out. Do you mind me telling about your, what we're doing uh, upcoming? Yes, absolutely. Are you, are you okay with that? Yeah. So uh, just another simple thing. If somebody was in need, uh, we was at the food pantry, I think last week or no, a couple weeks ago. And um, the subject of an apple or something came up and you mentioned that uh, <laughs> hard for you to eat apples because... I can, I can eat them, but I had a bicycle accident back in 2007 and I slid five feet on my face because I was trying to do a trick on the bike, right? And it knocked out all my front teeth and the oh, bottom yeah, yeah. teeth because I slid on yeah. this part of me. Ouch. And um, so I, I, I had been fitted for a set of dentures after they had extracted everything but they were so big and bulky, they ended up breaking on me. And that was about 10 years ago. And I haven't had dentures for 10 years. So uh, she mentioned that at the food pantry. And I, I said something like, well, how do you eat an apple or whatever? I think she, you, you had an apple or something. I don't know why the apple came up. <laughs> uh, but she said something, well, I eat it, but I gum it. But uh, it causes me, my gums to bleed. Yes. That you said. Because it's kind of abrasive or, or, or harsh. I said, well, gosh. I mean, and again, I, I, 
a lot of times I don't have a filter, but she knows anything I say to her is, is in love. So I wouldn't Absolutely. say anything, you know, mean or whatever. So I said something like, gosh, how can we do, you know, why don't you have teeth? Why can't we go get you some teeth or whatever? And so she said, I already have my teeth lined up or you know, you've already had I your, got the place lined up, but because I don't have somebody to watch my little boy. It's just me and my son. Right. I don't have family. It's It's very, it'll be another year before his father's even able to come home to us. And... Now that my car is gone, I have no transportation to get to Yuba City or childcare so I can go and get this done. So why is it Yuba event. City? Is that the, the That's place the only place that takes the insurance that I okay. have. Okay. So she mentioned the fact that uh, it wasn't about the money or, or whatever. It was just something as simple as not. It's about uh, Yuba City is 40 miles from here. Yes. City. So it's, uh, it's a distance. She doesn't have a car. And then also she's a single mom, no support, no family. So just the uh, the simple fact or the simple thing that we would overlook, if she goes to the dentist, it's a you said it's a seven or eight hour procedure. Exactly. So her son, who is twenty two months, very rambunctious. He's a boy. He's a, he's, he's all he's boy. a kid. He's all boy. <laughs> he's a, he's a climber. He's a you know he. So it would be very distracting for her, or or it'd be hard for uh, her to do this with her son and no transportation. So as I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking, gosh, I mean. We can solve that problem very easily. Just like, again, if my daughter came and said, hey, Dad, I need a ride. Yeah. Watch the kid, you know, whatever. So, um, and I haven't talked to you about this uh, prior to this, but so I've talked to uh, three or four people. And so we're going to go uh, take you. Uh, I want you to get an, an appointment now. Yes. And so, so, so we can kind of coordinate all this. And there's like three or four of us that are going to go. We're going to drop her off, or this is our plan anyway, unless she says something different. And then take him on just a day of uh, bounce house. We've already checked that there, uh, there's a bounce place up there or whatever. Um, we might go to a OD on ice cream or candy. Uh, we're going to do a lot of, you know, go out and eat something or whatever. We're going to occupy him for seven or eight hours. Take him to the park. We're going to play stuff or whatever. So I got my granddaughters or whatever. Awesome. So uh, just that simple act of kindness, that gift of time. And I had no problem getting Three or four people say, "Oh my gosh, let's go!" You know, so uh, you know, you, you and I haven't talked about this since then, but uh, okay. so you need to get a. Uh, I'll get the appointment. An appointment, please, and then so we can coordinate with everybody. So uh, just that community of people that 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 want to help, and you've heard from her what it means from Kim's perspective to have people help them because they don't have any help. So the simple fact, uh, now, now you have a husband, but he's gone, you said, for another year. Um, he's in the state hospital because he has mental issues. Okay. And he's in the process of being rehabilitated. So it could be six months, it could be a year before they will say that he's at the point where he's back on his meds and he can come home to us. Okay, good. Because he has some of the same conditions that I have. Yeah. I'm just, I, I was better at being medicated. Yeah. And staying medicated on my own account. So are you medicated now or what? Yes. <laughs> she seemed very sweet, loving, normal, articulate. Uh, Thank uh, you, buddy. I wouldn't know anything about you uh, if, if you had told me that, uh, you know, any, any of that stuff. Someday we'll have to sit down and I will tell you my whole life story or, or we can make it a testimony. Yeah, or go, well, I thought that's what it is a was. living testimony, my, yeah. my life well, listen, story. Well, listen, we still have 10 minutes to go, okay. so can, can you say uh, briefly what it is? I mean, I'll talk you or I'll stop you if it gets close this to the end. This is not the first time a church has... So what would you say, <clears throat> taking me under their wings. Okay. Um, back when I was in my early 20s, I um, was the first time I had ever experienced being homeless. And I was homeless for about roughly six months. 
I was pregnant with my 22-year-old son. And um, 22-year-old son? 22-year-old. Okay. I, yeah, I have six all together. Okay. Oh, I didn't um, realize that. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad we talked. I don't look old, but I'm old. Yeah, um, really. I'm 44 Oh, my now, gosh. Today. Yeah, she does not look 44. Um, but back in that, back at that time, um, a gentleman had taken me under his wing. He was a homeless gentleman, a habitual drinker. And um, he had a, a, a hut. You know, and he, he put me oh, in there. Oh, what a hut? He said, a hut. hut. Okay. <laughs> and I was pregnant with my son at this time. And he, I was getting so big, he couldn't see helping me anymore because he didn't know how how to help me. If that day came, there's no way there was going to be a baby allowed to be there. Oh, big you mean by being pregnant? Yes. So he went to the, the church that fed us at the park. And one day, up drives this blue this blue station wagon with Jeff and Joy in it. Jeff was the, the reverend of the church, and Joy was his wife. And they um, they come out, and Jeff comes and knocks on the door, and he goes, is there a girl named Kimberly here? And I go, I am here. He goes, come out. My wife wants to talk to you. And she looked at me, and she goes, grab your things, get in our car, because you're coming home with us right oh, now. Oh, beautiful. Wow. And I lived with them for two years before um, she had some complications with cancer, and it overtook her lymphatic system, and she passed away April 15th of 2003, and Papa died of prostate cancer in June of 2008. Now when you say Papa, that's the husband and wife. Yes, Jeff and Joy, Jeff Mom and, Joy. and Dad. Yeah, wow. <laughs> they wow. became my parents yeah. oh and my, my gosh, family. That's a beautiful story. And um, the horrible thing was when they passed away, no, I, you're out, you're I again. started, the mental problems started happening. Yeah. Um, so you had no support after that. Now you're just back in your own again. I had no one. Yeah, and you know, our congregation was solely senior citizens. We're in the community where where he was pastoring to, yeah, it was you o know older people, older people, yeah. and I I couldn't bring myself to come to them. You know, mom and dad's gone. What do I do? I'm a grown woman. Yeah, I couldn't. I was too embarrassed. Cried, to, cried. But this, like I said, they had completely taken me under the wings as you guys yeah. have, and they they were a big part of my life. You know. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So from there, you then you went on the streets. I, I became completely homeless and after they passed away. Um, I, I lost touch reality, you know, because yeah. they were the only. So that was the trauma, you think, in your life? Was that was the beginning of it. Beginning of when I lost my three daughters was the major trauma. Ouch. I have a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a five-year-old. And it was, there was underlying circumstances, and it was... I call it legally kidnapped in the manner that they were taken. And that's when I started hearing the voices and seeing things, you know, because I didn't know what to do. My brain went into that survival mode, being traumatized with that's PTSD. Fight or flight syndrome, I'm not familiar with that, yeah. Many things happened to yeah. me. Yeah. And once I had my son, that all went away. My, my little Christian, little guy, yeah. he made it all better. I stopped hearing voices. Right. I, I had... God, he saved my life. You know? So are you, so when you say your kids are uh, gone, I mean, are they gone? They're gone? adopted out. Okay. So, they were adopted out. Yeah. But they're still alive. In that case. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. I thought you meant passed away. Oh, they're all still alive. They're yeah, thriving so God. beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> well, so there's, uh, gosh, I mean. I have a 25 year old, a 22 year old, oh nine, gosh. seven, five, and then him, 22. Holy mackerel. So yeah. there's, uh, there, I mean, God works in mysterious ways and God's, uh, God knows exactly where they're at the day you guys are going to be re possibly reunited. Amen. Come on, you know. Amen. I mean, uh, so geez, I mean, uh, yeah. So I, I, I just, you know, we're getting close to the um, 
to the end here, but, but I just wanted to uh, to bring uh, Kim on and talk about her and her beautiful little son, Christian, and um, how she's uh, kind of not been adopted, but we are we we have a relationship. I should say that you know, and so uh, as as we get stronger in our relationship and we learn more about each other, and uh, we've even talked about uh, at church, you know, we we do this as much as we can with as many people as we can. There's a lot of other people out there, you know, at the food pantry and community yeah. and on and on. So we can't do everything for everybody. But somebody came up with a, a thing a couple, three weeks ago, which I'm, I'm loving this idea, and, and I want to pursue this, is that why can't, let's say, three or four families that, that, that have this beautiful heart to help, uh, not legally, but figuratively, adopt you and your son. And so as you have needs or whatever, now they can't fulfill all your needs, but if we have three or four families, and you say, gosh, you know, I, I need this or whatever, just like you're their daughter, <clears throat> grandson, Christian. And it's for simple things, like if, if I can't find a ride to the store. Yeah, exactly. One of the ladies from the church says, call me, like Kat, right, Kat right. a wonderful woman. I love her to death. Kat. Um, short brown hair, yeah, with the, with the maroon car. She takes me, she picks me up some weeks and takes me to the Salvation Army, which is another wonderful okay, resource in our community. She takes me there. She brings, she, a couple times she's brought me to the food pantry when it was here. And um, I just, I don't know what we do without you, but without you in the well, church. Well, it's not me personally, but I know. yeah, everybody that, <laughs> that's around me. And I feel the same way. I don't know how, how I would do this because, you know, I can talk the talk, but I can't walk it without... And you, we've already mentioned the yeah. beautiful people, Debbie and Margie and Fred and Linda and uh, Joan and you know, all these beautiful people and the community store volunteers. I know I'm going to admit or uh, uh, skip a lot of people. But just that, I hope that I can do an update and bring her back on in a couple months or whatever. Well, you said you don't you know, do this. You were so uh, <laughs> nervous or whatever. So I'm hoping it turned out well. Yes, it did. But uh, hopefully we can do an update that I can get this thing up and running because I love that, uh, the heart of that three or four families adopting somebody and their son or whatever. And then uh, just kind of loving on them and then come back and say, gosh, she needed a ride. Well, like the, she needed a ride up to get her teeth fixed or she yeah. needed to go to the dentist or she needed to go whatever and so-and-so picked her up at this cat or whatever. So uh, that's the, the heart or the feeling that, uh, that I hope to exude out of this particular episode that even though you're not involved in the community store, all these uh, things that we've uh, established, you certainly can be involved in somebody's life. You know, just very, very peripherally, just saying, I'm not involved in any group or anything, but I'd like to help you or something. Yeah. So I'm just going to reach out to anybody that would, uh, you know, I would just encourage them to do that. So, uh, so is there anything else you want to say in closing? We got like one Absolutely. minute. The, the resources that The Rock has provided and the other community figures that have 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 the organizations like you know Homestart and and the Saint Vincent de Paul. It is, yep, is they are essential to us. And Carol, Carol De Janeiro. Yes, and yeah. all the people that yep. are involved in them. If it weren't for these resources, they are most essential to us. Like I said, because sometimes those food stamps don't go far enough, and sometimes we do need clothing. And you guys provide that with the God, with the spirit of faith, hope, and love. You know, the, so it's the, not just the items; it's it, the, it's, it's it's what it promotes. It's and it's also it's it, it sounds like it's the it's the aura in which it was presented yes. to you, not just here's something yes. got to go. Exactly. Yeah. 
It's uh, exactly. It's love comes with the gifts. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, let me ask you one thing. I kind of and we well, I might ask you. Uh, we uh, I'll ask you afterwards because it, it has nothing really to do with this. Okay. So. <laughs> I just wanted to thank uh, Kim for coming on. and uh, just, Thank you for having me. Yeah, and I just hope that anybody that's touched by this will say, gosh, you know, I, I, I know a lady that I've been seeing on the street or someplace, or I know somebody that needs some help. Something as simple as just going by and, and offering uh, a ride to a doctor appointment. I remember we used to help somebody, and I said, well, how'd you get over there? She said, well, I walk, you know, from here to Kaiser. Oh, my gosh, that's like two or three miles. Yeah. And when you're sick, she goes, well, yeah, I don't have a place, any way to go. So, you know, we set up a thing where if anybody, you know, kind of like that. And we, we have started these things, but they've kind of, you know, they, they just kind of go away. But, um, yeah, I mean, that would be a beautiful thing for us to come back in a couple of months and just say, geez, out of this thing, we've inspired people to uh, give rides or to adopt somebody or whatever. Yeah. So that would be my prayer and hope. So, Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Constipated Christian Podcast. However you are tuning in, be sure to follow or subscribe, as well as leave a rating and review. If you are interested in learning more ways on how to live out your faith, you can visit our website at theconstipatedchristian.org. And if you'd like to leave Bud or one of our guests a comment, you can email it to theconstipatedchristian at gmail.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.